0: have a nice facility. Amen. Um, well, I want to honor your pastors, Pastor Ernest and um, Pastor Bonnie. You guys may be seated. Um, like he said, he, they known us for 20 years. I've been with Pastor Kelly what t- little over 21 years. and um, He's right. You can't go nowhere unless, I mean, you can. You can do whatever you want to do. But if you want to be blessed, you want to get sent. So we have our pastor blessing to do what we do. Um, And we've been there through the thick and the thin, um, through the ups and the down, through the hurt, the good and the bad. Uh, Many people came and left, but we're still there. Um, Many people got offended and walked away, but we're still there. And so I I, want to encourage you, um, when it gets tough, stay where you're supposed to stay. A lot of people do not know when you leave, your family is altered. Your family can be destroyed or your marriage or your life can be destroyed because you uproot yourself and go somewhere else. So I want to encourage you. Just say what God called you. And also, you know, you guys have a nice facility. You know, I I pulled up and I said, you know what? This is a new beginning for them. I love the Bible that the Bible said in the book of Matthew, the eighth chapter, Jesus said, If two or three are gathered in my name, I'm in the midst. So maybe you came tonight and you're just like tired and and you're sluggish and you're like, oh, it's Friday night and all of that stuff. But look, could could I tell you that God is already here before you got here? There's miracles that was already here before you got here. You're looking at the building but God looking at your heart. And so, I just want you to know, whatever you're asking God for this weekend, open yourself up. You you need a miracle? He's the miracle worker. You need healing? He heals. You need deliverance? He delivers. And let me tell you something, don't ever stop worshiping God. Don't ever stop worshiping God. Worship is your breakthrough. I don't know how we do what we do, but I do know this, God have carry us. Yes. I preach sometime, and he preaches nine times back to back, back to back. I'm a woman. I get tired. I want to lay down. I want to sleep. And, man, these weaves and stuff don't last, you know. What I mean? I'm like, gosh, I got to get home, you know. <laughs> I mean, come on. But somehow God gives me this push. He gives me the strength because I love what I do for him. And when you love what you do, you can't stop. You won't stop. And so this message tonight is going to be hot off the burner. And guess what? We're going to do what we do, right? So I'm going to have a seat. And I guess he'll call me later because he he said that every time I start, he never gets to preach. So uh, I'm going to be obedient tonight, and I'm going to listen to my husband. Amen? God bless you guys.
1: Come on. Somebody give Jesus some praise. Come on. And I mean, for those of you that didn't understand, she said weave, not weed. <laughs> weave, hair weave, not weed. <laughs> all right. So some of y'all like, like, weave? Wait a minute. Weave, <laughs> weave, said, weave, hair weave. All right. Hey, Amen. it's all right. Come on, it's fun to have. Weave. It is cool to have fun at church, man. Come on. Amen. Hey, the book of Ephesians chapter 4 speaks about God gave gifts to the church, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. We're getting ready to enter into the Christmas season, and you know how you, you know, you trying to find the perfect gift. Come on, am I the only one? I mean, are you trying to find the perfect gift. Come on, because you want to give the perfect gift to that person, uh, that person. Well, that's what God did when he gave you guys this gift here. He looked down from heaven, he said, I got to give you the perfect gift, amen, for One Voice Church, amen, it is in Pastor Ernest and Pastor Bunny right now, so come on, give it up for your pastors, show them you love them, come on, put your hands together, amen, for your pastors, they are a gift to your life, to this church, to this community, god bless you we love you guys thank you so much and man, i always tease you about this you know he always tells me well you know in two or three years we'll let you come back and it's been about two or three years so he's like right on <laughs> amen you know he's like right on every two to three years i get to come so hey amen uh it's all good <laughs> glory to god like my wife was saying we have god has opened up so many doors for us Uh, For these of you that don't know a little bit about us, um, uh, we've been with our passion for 21 years. I got out of the Marine Corps in 1999, uh, and I was with Praise Chapel Inn, um, uh, which is now the Cure Church, ever since. Um, And since then, man, we have been from cleaning toilets, come on to straightening chairs to wiping down mirrors and walls and you know from all of that all the way to being bible study leaders and team leaders amen to campus pastors to evangelists to senior pastor now back to an evangelist so god has opened up doors in our lives amen um and i can tell you this if i can do it all over again and do something different i wouldn't because if i didn't go through what i went through I'd be where i'm at now <laughs> So you sit and you're like, man, whew, why am I going through this? Just go through it, amen. Come on, just go through it. Everything is going to work out. It's going to be all right, amen. God has got a plan. God has got purpose for your life, amen. It's not by accident. It's not co- by coincidence, but God, amen, has brought it and ordained it to be this way. Glory to God. Amen. That's enough about me. Listen, um, for those of you that really don't know me, I'm Puerto Rican, Um, so that means I speak very fast. I had a monster on the way in it made it very wet very bad because so now with my fast talking the monster and the holy ghost we make some kind of combustion in the atmosphere amen that we bring heaven down to earth and so if i go real fast amen come on if i start losing you just do this i probably won't slow down but at least i know i got your attention glory to god amen you can watch this later on or whatever if you guys recording. if not amen um you can talk to me the words and i'll give you the notes glory to god Hey man, we're gonna get right in. I do need the piano player to come back up here, man. We gotta set the tone. Hey man, come on up here, bro. You know I was gonna call you. I don't know why you just. I know why you just didn't stay up here. Hey man, hallelujah. I I, I don't know about you, but I, I I serve a mighty good God. I'm trying to time myself up here so that way I know. Um, because one preacher told me, hey, you have all night. You could be here as long as you want, but just know this: we're leaving at nine o'clock. <laughs> amen so at nine o'clock and i was saying, oh well i mean man yeah it was one of those nights so this message here i have two different versions of it i have a version that if you talk back to me we'll be out of here real quick and man if you don't talk back to me then i have to go with the long version because i have to make sure that i un- make sure that you understand everything that's coming out so if you talk back to me like come on preach amen you know clapping stuff see like that see if you you do that stuff like man we'll be out of here before quick trip closes in no time amen, amen. Glory to God. Amen. We do have some product. We do have some product. We have some some sweatshirts and some t-shirts and hats and stuff um, uh, that you can sew into our ministry. And one of the sweatshirts that I have out there is what I'm preaching on tonight. And it's simply called this, I Can't Be Stopped. Amen. I can't be stopped. Amen. If you put that inside you, listen. I can't be stopped. You come hell or high water, I can't be stopped. Amen. Nothing can stop me. Come on. The devil can't stop me. No demon can stop me. No person can stop me. Amen. From going and accomplishing everything that God has set for me. Because at the end of the day, man, I don't have to give an account to you, but I have to give an account to my God. Amen. And if my God is pushing me, and my God is providing for me, my God is making a way. Amen. Then there's no way that I can be stopped. Amen. I'm going to minister on that tonight here in a few seconds. Um, I'm, I'm just trying to get my piano player in the same, you know, uh, rhythm here. Amen. Um, so that we can flow together in this. Glory to God. The book of Acts, 27th chapter, very familiar portion of scripture. Here's Paul. Uh, you know, he's, he's, he's in prison. He, he's, he's on his way to Rome listen to me he, you gotta you gotta understand this he's a prisoner I and mean, and he's on his way to rome but before that uh, god had already told him that he was going to go to rome I and mean, because he was going to go meet caesar and he was going to go be able to share the gospel with him at that point so he's at the he's on a ship right now I mean, and in the book of acts the 27th chapter uh, at, at the later the latter part of that chapter he's on a boat amen uh, I and he's on his way to rome and the bible says that he told them don't go this way because there's a storm that's going to come and it's going to to knock you off course and it's gonna mess you up. They didn't listen and, and they kept going that way. Amen. Anytime, bro. Anytime you want to throw in something right there. Amen. <laughs> hey and and. And and, and and he was going that way and all of a sudden exactly what he said happened and the ship got thrown around and man, it got messed up, it got broke down Paul was on his way to Rome to go accomplish something that God had called him to do and, man, and in the midst of all of that there's going to be storms that are going to come your way, there's going to be trials that are going to come your way situations are going to come your way but when you settle in your heart uh, I am on my way to Rome because I am on destiny because God is haunt me from here to get there and then God has put me in that place at that moment and then I'm supposed to be God has called me to be and any storm that comes my way any trial that comes my way any situation that may come my way it's not going to be able to stop me from getting to Rome because that's where my destination is the Bible says that he warned them and he didn't. They, they, they didn't listen. I mean, and then the Bible says that, you know, they got battered around and, and they got messed up. But right before that, he stands up and he says, An angel of the Lord told me, I mean, that not one person uh, will be lost. So you got to look at your neighbor and say, Not one of y'all are going to be lost. I mean, you're not going to be lost. He said, Not one of you are going to be lost because God spoke to me and said, Yeah, we might lose uh, this vessel that we're on might lose this is this good we all right amen I we, we might lose the building where we're at but not one of us are going to be lost why because god had already predestined from way back that you were on your way to rome and nothing can stop you and they got at that place watch this That everything tore up I and mean, then the the, the the ship went out I and mean, if the prisoners started jumping off ship they said man let's get to a place now watch this because they hadn't eaten in a while I and mean, it was Cold. They were wet. And then Paul was trying to find anything that he could to get to where he was going. And he found a piece of wood. And then he started swimming over. And he got to the island of Malta. And then when he got there, it was cold. They were hungry. They had been already not eating in days. And they got to that place. I don't know about you. I don't know if you've ever been to the places you've been cold. You've been hungry. You're frustrated. It seems like nothing could go right. Everything that could go wrong went wrong. And then on your Way to work huh? on your way to church. Huh? Come on, you got more debt left at the end of the money. Huh? Come on, you got more month left, huh? and you're wondering how is this going to happen? How am I going to pay this? Huh? Come on, the kids are not acting right. Huh? Your wife is not acting right. Huh? Your husband is not acting right. Huh? This is for somebody else But just go along with me Your kids ain't acting right Your husband ain't acting right Your spouse ain't acting right But all of a sudden You step up on the mortar And you go and you find some wood And you go to make a fire to warm yourself up And the Bible says that Paul And then reached down To put the fire Or to put the wood in the fire And a serpent bit him Grabbed hold of him Now nowhere does it say that Paul Freaked out. Not nowhere did it say that Paul panicked nowhere that it said that Paul gave up at that moment Paul shook the serpent off I and mean, what I'm trying to get to you is this, not today devil if you know what I've gone through, if you've been where I've been, if you went through the trials that I've gone through, and I mean you can't stop me from accomplishing what God has called me to do and Paul was at that place, I mean he was tired and I man of the devil messing with him he had messed with his finances he messed with his friends. He didn't mess with his boat. He messed with his stomach. He messed with everything. And he got to the place, I'm about to warm myself up. And the devil came out at that very moment. But he shook the devil off. And what you need to do sometimes in your life is shake off a little debris. You need to shake off that assault of the enemy. You need to shake off that offense that tries to grip onto you. You need to shake off that big bitterness. You need to shake off that moment that you don't want to come into the house of God. You don't want to lift your hands you don't want to sing you don't want to shout I mean, you've gone to the place I'm so discouraged I mean, I'm so down and out I don't think none of us in this building are where Paul was at at that moment when he had nothing going for him he was just there on his own on an island called Malta with just him a bunch of heathens a snake I and mean, then in the fire of the Holy Ghost I and mean, then they kept him and he said I'm not speaking." stopped because I know what God has for me watch this watch this if you remember Elijah when he was on Mount Carmel and he had just killed all 400 of the prophets of Baal at the brook Kishon and Ahab had just delivered the news to Jezebel. I mean, if you remember the story, since it's, uh, it's a very familiar portion of scripture, there was 400 prophets of Baal, and, and, and it was Elisha, and, and and you know he said, "Let the God who answers by fire be God." Amen. And you know, you know the story was cool. I-, I wish they could make movies of this because it'd be pretty cool to see a tongue come down and lick up, you know, all of that good, stuff. You know, all that. It'd be very nice. Amen. But 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 because uh, uh, Hollywood can't compare it to the word i mean we just got to imagine it but could you imagine this watch this so, so now here's 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 um, um ahab and he has to go deliver the mood the news to jezebel now you might not find this anywhere this is the ejv version was the evangelist jose version i mean this is a different version amen I, I, I believe uh, you know ahab uh, went to go tell the news to jezebel and he said hey yo jezebel uh it didn't work it was something supernatural that happened on Mount Carmel at Kishon you should have been there Jezebel and she's like what are you talking about and he said man Elijah pulled out a knife and he began to jab he began to slice you should have saw you thought matrix was good and man Elijah was out to draw I mean he was just boom just doing it from everywhere he killed all 400 prophets of Baal and Jezebel got very mad at that very moment and she said stop the nonsense Ahab you in word to elijah that in 24 hours uh, if i don't do to him like he did those prophets uh, amen in 24 hours i am gonna kill every one of them watch this i'm going somewhere i'm getting i'm, I'm just getting excited right now in other words what she was saying in 24 hours elijah was gonna die But if you go to 1 Kings chapter 19, verse number 2, I mean, it says, Then Jezebel sent the messenger to Elijah, so saying, Let the the gods do to me, and more also, if I do not make your life as a life of one of them by tomorrow about that time. But if you go a couple of verses over, 2 Kings chapter 2, verse number 11, Then it happened as they continued on and talked. This is Elijah and Elisha now. That suddenly a chariot of fire appeared with horses of fire and separated the two of them. And Elisha went up by a whirlwind into heaven let me help you here for those of you that missed it right there 24 hours later Elisha was still alive 48 hours later Elisha was still alive 72 hours later Elisha is still alive 96 hours later Elisha is still alive a week later Elisha was still alive I'm going somewhere a month later Elisha was still alive listen one year passed and Elisha is still alive a decade has gone and Elijah is still alive. A century has come and gone and Elijah is still, is still gone. One millennium later Elijah is still alive. Listen, over 2,000 years and Elijah is still alive. When heaven has a plan for you, there is nothing or no one that can stop you. Somebody shout, I can't be stopped. Listen the devil is a liar and he wants to try and stop you from getting to the promise but you can't be stopped. Your testimony is the fact that the devil is a liar. The devil say you will never mount to nothing. The devil is a liar. The devil said your marriage will not last. The devil is a liar. The devil said your kids will never serve God. The devil is a liar. The devil say you will always be broke. The devil is a liar. The devil say you will never be nothing in this world. The devil is a liar. Testimony I made it. Your testimony is I'm killed going no matter what. Your testimony is a fact that the devil is a liar. If the Red Sea could not stop Moses, if wars could not stop Joshua, if the Philistines could not stop Samson, if a giant could not stop David, if a lion could not stop Daniel, if if a fiery furnace could not stop Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, if Jezebel could not stop Elijah, and if death itself could not stop Jesus, then nothing in hell or nothing on the earth will be able to stop you from seeing everything that God. God has promised you and your family, I can't be stopped. I won't be stopped. There's no devil in hell, come hell or high water. I can't be stopped. No, I won't be stopped from accomplishing everything that God has called me to do. don't know I don't know I don't know if I'm preaching a one or if we're preaching a forty but I didn't drive all the way from Kansas City just to have ordinary church service I didn't drive eight and a half hours and man to come over here just sweat a little bit I come to have an encounter with God I come to God to speak to me I come to leave change I come to get something on the inside of me I can't be stopped I don't care what you're going through right now I don't care what situation you may be in I don't care what your body He's telling you, what your bank account is telling you, what your job is telling you, you can't be stopped and nothing or no one can stop you from accomplishing everything that God has for you and your family. Folk walked out on you, but it's all right because God got you. I know, I know folk left, but that's all right. Amen, God got you. in this church, one voice, understand this. Together, amen, we're going to accomplish everything that God has called us to do in this season. We can't be stopped as a church. We can't be stopped as a family. We can't be stopped as an individual. We can't be stopped. No, you're like, man, is he always like that? I am. I'm very passionate. I said this a long time ago. God, if you're going to make me a preacher, man, I just want to preach crazy. (laughs) Folk look at me like, man, they don't take all that. You didn't know my world. You didn't know how it was when I was in the world. I gave my all to the devil. I know some of y'all are so saved that y'all forgot how y'all used to be. But I know the decisions that I've made. I know where I've walked. I know what I've done. I know where I've been. And I thank God that he didn't kill me back then. I thank God that he didn't take me out. I mean, I thank God that he didn't give up on me. I thank God that he didn't leave me where I was at. And then everything that I went through was for a purpose. Everything that I went through was because it was destiny. And I had to go through and walk it out. Folks tell me all the time, they don't take all of that. Man, I used to get the highest, the drunkest, the baddest. Uh, Amen. Come on. I didn't have no share. I didn't care. Party didn't start until I walked into the room. Uh, Amen. I got the highest. Uh, Amen. Come on. You couldn't outsmoke me. You couldn't outdrink me. Amen. I went crazy. And now that I've gotten saved, uh, you think I'm a little dignified? Uh, Amen. You know, oh, man. they don't take a... And you're Billy Amen. You are to begin to shout uh, and thank God. Uh, Amen. That he didn't take you out when you was at your work and then to die for you in the mess that you were in. understand this. I, said, I understand this. I tell the devil all the time, you should have killed me when you had a chance. You should have took me out when I was drunk driving. You should have gave me some disease. You should have killed me when I was sleeping around. Come on. You should have messed me up, but because you didn't and because God's grace was on my life and because he died for when I was a sinner, and man, I'm going to cause all kind of havoc on the devil and his demons and I'm ready to depopulate hell and populate heaven. I wish I had some real folk in here that have gone through some stuff that said, man, I can't be stopped. No matter what's going on in my life, I'm going to walk it out. get somewhere now come on boy you're gonna make me preach another hour up in here listen i've learned that even in the midst of my life that god was like a shepherd and he is my shepherd i tried to be a shepherd to the sheep but i needed a shepherd and the lord listen is my shepherd so i don't have to be in want he makes me to lie down in green pastures He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. Watch this. And and when I get into the midst of trouble in some places, every once in a while, I'm talking about me, maybe not you. But every once in a while, I'm walking through the valley and the shadow of death. Death is everywhere around me. Some are saying you can't help but die. You're down in death valley. You are under death's shadow. But I heard the psalmist David say, didn't die because I had two escorts. One of them was named goodness and the other was named mercy. And every time death got ready to reach for me, goodness stopped them on one side and mercy stopped them on the other. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And because I know the God I serve doesn't matter what happens in my life. I know I've got hope. My hope is not in my friends. My hope is not in my bank account. My hope is not in the Democratic Party or the Republican Party. But my hope is on the Lord. When I get in trouble, all my help comes from the Lord. Whatever I need, He will supply. So I don't care how dark the road before me may look. I've got hope. And my hope is in the name of the Lord. Get out of my way, devil. Mountain, Get out of my way! Deep down, removed and thrown into the fire, my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus's blood and His righteousness. I can't be stopped. I'm on assignment from heaven, and I will accomplish my assignment. You are on assignment from heaven. You need to accomplish your assignment. There are souls on the balance. Come hell or high water, I can't be stopped. Come hell or high water. I won't be stopped. The devil may be mad, but I'm glad because I'm depopulating hell and populating heaven. I'm walking around with the authority that God has given me. And man, he said, the greater is he that is in me than he that is in this world. If God is for you, then be against you. I mean, you may be the only one in the valley. You may be the only one serving God in your family. You may be the only one doing anything, but I'm here to let you know stand in the midst of all. Stand after done all And man, I know some of y'all been in the prayer room and you've been in your closet. You've been in your prayer closet and you get out and worship. And you go back in and pray and you begin to cry. And you pray a little bit more because it seems like nothing else is happening. But I'm here to let you know, like the apostle said, after done all, stand. Stand in the midst of everything. Stand when nobody else wants to stand. Stand when nobody else wants to worship, worship when nobody else wants to go, go, but stand in the midst of all. Here I'm getting ready to close. Here's the apostle Paul. And then he's speaking about this in the book of Ephesians. When he talks about the Roman soldier, when he's talking about the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, the belt of truth, the feast sh- uh shower with the preparation of the gospel. He's speaking of a Roman soldier. Did you know that one thing he doesn't talk about is the backside of a Roman soldier? You know why? Because a Roman soldier doesn't retreat. I wish I had some folk in this house. A Roman soldier, and man, it's not going to retreat. He's not going to turn around and run. You know some of y'all when y'all was in the world you had a lot of talk but as soon as a bigger guy walked in I and mean, they like, mm. but a roman soldier was stand there in the midst of all oh, devil come at me i'm standing if you study this out I and mean, then they would have spray uh, uh stakes on the bottom of their shoes they were anywhere from three to six inches long I mean, and then they would dig it Into the ground. This is where I'm at. This is my position. This is where the general has placed me. And I'm not back. I'm not moving. I'm unshakable. I'm unmovable. Amen. I might weave and bob. Amen. And I might even get knocked down a little bit. But I'm standing. I'm standing on the promises of God. I'm standing because He's never left me. I'm standing because He's never forsaken me. In the midst of everything, I got to stand. we're so used to running from the police and now every time officer comes our way we're ready to quit we're ready to throw in the towel but know this in the midst of everything stand you can't be stopped you got to get this inside of you tonight Uh, Because what God wants to do tomorrow is for tomorrow. But but tonight we got to get to this thing right here. I can't be moved. I mean, I can't be stopped. This is where God has placed me. This is where God has... Rooted me, amen. I I can't move, amen. Because together we're moving to another level, together, amen. We're moving, amen, together to a new place, amen. And God is wanting to take you from glory to glory, amen. But when there's divisions and schisms in the house, amen. The Bible says that a house divided cannot stand, amen. So it will fall. So, on top of that, I'm here to let you know, amen, you can't be stopped from accomplishing everything that God has called you to do, amen. I remember years ago, oh my gosh, I remember years ago conferences after conference I mean, I've been going to conferences in 1999 I remember getting a little astro van <clears throat> me my wife my two kids my brother Isaac his wife then and Joe and Chris and we would drive eight and a half hours to come to conference here in Dallas and we would get one room and it would be eight of us in there because we didn't have a lot of money but we said man we know something is going to happen there at Dallas so I got to get there and we would take time off from work and not get paid amen because you just didn't have vacation amen and they said man we would get there and then I remember I remember conference after conference and I'm saying man if God the, the, the man up there will get begin to preach and say God can use your life amen God can you can pastor a church, you can be a missionary, you can be an evangelist, I and mean, then I looked around and said, man, a messed up person like me, I and mean, all the dirt that I've done, every bad person that I have hurt, or everything that I have done, God can use me, yes, God can use you, Amen. I and I'm preaching the same message today, 21 years later, God can use you, Amen. I he's not forgotten you, you can take a city, you can take a nation, and I man, you can't be stopped, I and mean, that's what this is. It's about, amen. It's about winning the world. It's about winning the loss. It's not about, amen. Come on, a church name. It's not about a denomination. It's not about a fellowship. It's about a kingdom, amen. Jesus is the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, and we ought to work together. Forget about denomination. Forget about different churches, amen. We ought to come together as one body, lifting up one name after one cause, and that is to see souls saved. for 21 years I've heard that message for 21 years I mean we've been out I remember I was here in Dallas preaching a revival in San Antonio and I came back up and I was at Pastor Melvin Sanders house and I got the call I was ordained in 2005 as an evangelist and I got the call and my pastor said I need your help <clears throat> and I said whoa man I got bookings this was July I had bookings all the way to the end of the year I was like shh I don't know about all this pastor we prayed we sat down at a dinner table with them before we even went back home Sat down and I told them what had happened. And I got home and I went to my pastor. I said, Listen, we prayed. If this is what God wants, we will do this. We'll lay down our dreams, we'll lay down our calling, and we'll help you. And he told me this: He said, I'm not making you do nothing. I'm not making you do nothing. If God is speaking to you, then we'll do it. Remember, wife looked at each other. We looked at him. We said, "This is God." 2006, we took over the east campus, which is Lee Summit, which I thought was going to be for about two years. Said, like, "You know, 2006 to 2014, we were campus pastors there." Watch this. Because we didn't have life preaching on Sunday mornings. We had a video from our pastor. And I'm sitting there as a campus pastor leading a flock of people that would come. And when the message would come on video, they would get up and walk out. And you're seeing that you still got to keep your heart right. You got to go and tell your pastor, pastor, this ain't working. But he said, this is what God is doing. This is what God is at. I said, I have to submit to it. 2014... No, before that, let's go. 2013. He comes to me and he says, Hey, we just bought a school. I need you to be the principal. I said, I got a high school diploma. I graduated top 10% of the bottom 90. I mean, I barely made it across. I said, I'm the executive pastor, I'm the campus pastor assistant pastor now you want me to be the principal he said I have nobody else so I said yes pastor I'll do it I would work half a day at the school and half a day at the office then I would get up and drive 30 minutes or 30 miles which is about an hour drive because of traffic to go be a campus pastor three days out of the 2014 he comes to my office again I need you to take over a church. I had just talked to him in October. This is November 2014. We had just talked to him in October. We were getting sent out to the city of Atlanta to go start a church the following year. This is October. You guys are going to go to Atlanta. We prayed about it. We saw it. We said, Pastor, this is our time. We believe this is timing of God. We believe it's time to go. He said, you know what? I, I, I agree with you guys. This conference, we're going to send you out to the city of Atlanta. We were announcing it. I mean, he was telling other pastors, and they came by, Pastor Jose and Angela, they're going to go to Atlanta. November, he comes, knock on my door. Hey, I need you to take over a church in Independence, Missouri. I said, but how about Atlanta? He said, forget Atlanta. We need you right here, right now. Dreams crushed again. We took over the church. Church had about 20 people when we took over disaster in five months outgrew the building God gave us revival we said we need another building we would have church literally when it rained we had to have church on half of the building because this side over here was like drip 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 everywhere and we did that we told Pastor Pastor we need another building he said well you know what Why don't we combine the Lee Summit Building and the Independence Building and the Independence Congregation and make it one church and you pastor it? 2015 we joined campuses and I became the senior pastor of both campuses, which we had about 220, 230 people. God is moving, revival. We were like, "Yeah, boom, boom, boom. A split. A guy came in. People started leaving. My number one, number two, number three, number four, number five top givers in the church all left in a week. I said, God, am I called to this? See, I knew that I wasn't called to be a pastor. But out of obedience because of what my pastor needed, I decided to lay down my life and what God wanted me to do or what I felt God wanted us to do and lay that down to be obedient and be a help to my pastor. So when he's up here speaking about that, believe you me, I know all about it. And he said, people started leaving. And in 2017, beginning of 2017, God said, it's time for you to go back out and be an evangelist. And I said, Psst church is doing good we was back in revival now we had uh, people were coming i mean everything was going good i was like uh-uh no i said I'm just, no again nah we're doing good church is doing good finances are good i got a nice house boom it's good. we're good so for four months i i i know none of you have ever done this but i negotiated with god four months went by and i said okay i said i'll pastor and evangelize I'll pastor the church. I'll still be able to go out and evangelize. I'll be, Pastor Abraham does it. Victor Dandridge does it. I mean, there's a lot of people out there to do it. Let's do it. God says, no, you're going to give up your church. You're going to give up everything. You're going to move. September 2017, we gave up our church. Church is doing great. Matter of fact, this weekend, they're celebrating 10 years of ministry. Amen. So we gave up our church. We moved to the city of Atlanta. We leave our two oldest kids and our grandbaby. And just my little girl goes with me. The other kids are like, that's the call of God on your life. You go. We left, left a good job. We left a four-bedroom home, two baths. We left it. My kids went and got an apartment. They lived together. Something wasn't happening. My kids backslid hard. Drugs. Sex lives, and we're in Georgia, and we're like, God, what happened? I mean, you sent us all the way out here for this, you know? Because you begin to preach, man. You know, what is it? What good is it to save the whole world and lose your soul? And and then you're thinking, man, my family. What about my family, God? How 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 am I out here preaching and my kids are are, are being lost? And I said, God, what is this? What is going on? But see, I had to go through what I went through in Georgia to realize that God has something greater and to see if I was still going to be obedient. See, listen, the Bible very specifically says obedience is better than sacrifice. We sacrifice a lot of things, but we had to be obedient in the things that we didn't want to be obedient in. In January... We was coming back to Kansas City because we was getting ready to go do a month and a half tour in Los Angeles. We was going to go preach. <clears throat> we drive through Kansas City. drop my daughter off because she was going to stay with my, my, my kids. That night I had a dream. I had a dream that night. Rocked my world. And I shared that dream. I'm not going to get all into it. I, I shared the dream with my pastor. I shared the dream with some friends. I thank God That even when you make a wrong turn, he still redirects you. He's just like GPS. Come on, you make a right turn, a wrong turn, detour, or it'll say reroute or recalculation, and it puts you back on course. I thank God, I mean, that when we make a wrong turn, I mean, he'll still reroute you to where you're supposed to be. So if I would have never made that turn into Georgia, I would have never been through what I had to go through to get to where I'm at today. I mean, to where doors are beginning to open up in our lives. I mean, when we last year alone, we preached at over 55 churches. I mean, last year alone, we were home only three and a half weeks out of the whole year. I'm mean, out preaching the gospel because God is open and God is fair. So when when I tell you listen that I can't be stopped. When I tell you this is something that I've lived. And I mean come hell or high water. I mean, there's nothing there's no one that can stop me from accomplishing everything that God has for me. I've gone through what I went through. I mean I had to go through those steps. I had to get there because I I was on my way to Rome and the devil tried to stop step after step. The devil tried to discourage me step after step. The devil tried to things in my head step after step but I had my eyes on the prize I knew what God wanted me I knew what God had for me I knew what God had called me to do and then in the moment in my life that I had to say I cannot listen to other voices but I got to listen to the voice of God I got to listen to my God say here and go there even if we make a mistake it's not that God that is going to to him and, and make you start all over I and mean, he's going to pick you up uh, dust you off uh, and send you on your way to accomplish uh, what he's called you to do listen listen you can't be stopped you have to grab onto this tonight no matter what you're going through tonight you can't be stopped no matter where you at in your marriage no matter where you at in your ministry no matter where you at in your life you can't be stopped you can't be stopped the only thing that can stop you is you and your disobedience, you. And your rebellious, you. And your backslidden heart. But as long as you stay on course. As long as you stay on course. You can't be stopped. I'm going to share this story with you. I'm closing my iPad. Which means absolutely nothing. Because I've been done with the iPad for the last 30 minutes. I'm going to share this story with you. Our church does dramas. I was doing illustrated dramas. You know, we've done the Hell Night drama for years now—21 years, actually, 20, 23 years. 23 years. We've had over 90,000 people give their life to the Lord. I mean, just this last year, we just got done doing it in October, a couple of months ago, and 1,900 people, or 1,700 people, gave their life to the Lord in eight nights. In eight nights, 1,700 people gave their life to the Lord. So we do dramas all the time. A few years ago, we did a drama for Easter. It was called The Framed. And Pastor Kelly did the altar call like he normally does. Called people up. You want to get saved, raise your hand. And people got saved. You know, they came up to the front. We had a full altar. And there was a young man sitting right up here in the front. He said, your life to the Lord. And the young man says, "No, nah, I'm good. I don't need that. He finishes the altar call call people up front, something inside of him say, go tell that guy give his life to the Lord, he walked over to him again he says, son you really need to give your life to the Lord the young man says, I'm young I have my whole life to live I'm not ready for that finishes the altar call, people go home three weeks later to the day he was riding in the backseat of a car the driver and another car were racing down the same street where the church was at. The driver loses control, front tire hits the curb, car goes airborne, flips. He gets ejected out of the back window. He is twenty five feet away from the crime or from the accident, with his body facing up and his face facing the ground. Died instantly. Listen to me. Died instantly. The Bible says that today is a day of salvation. You're not promised tomorrow. Your life is but a vapor. vapors here one second and it's gone the next. That young man did not wake up that morning and say, well, this is my last day on earth. I guess I'll go tell my mama bye. I'll go tell my dad bye, my uncles, my aunts, my grandparents. I'll go tell them bye because this is my last. No, no, he didn't know. He woke up just like you woke up this morning. He did whatever he was going to do that day. There's two reasons why I do this altar call. Do I, why I do it this way number one I told you the number one reason the number two reason though is this this story is very sad to my family because that was my nephew and my sister served God in our church with the family she got offended and left the church and took her kids with her He had just come back to watch the drama. and Now he's 17 years old, had just went to prom, was about to graduate high school in a few months, didn't graduate high school. But my sister left the church because of an offense. So I started thinking of this. This is last year. God really dealt with me with this. He said, what if she, even though she was offended, made it right and never left the church? Would he still be alive? I, I, I'm not. I, I don't know. I'm, it's like I, I don't know. But but I think about this because people leave a church out of offense, day after day, service after service, not knowing that by the decision that they made, they just jeopardized their destiny, not only for them, but for their children. And we don't think about things like that because we leave out of an offense. And, and the Bible says that defense, I mean, come on, that's the bait of Satan. I mean, Satan wants to get you offended so that way you can leave. Well, why they got to move to that building? Why they got to move to the rec center? Why can't we have carpet? Why do we got to have folding chairs? Why can't we have bleachers? Why do we have to paint it gray and black? Why do we, and when, why, why? And the pastor didn't shake my hand. Amen, and my leader never called me back. And people leave service after service out of an offense not knowing that they just jeopardized destiny to me God said you will flourish where he plants you if he didn't tell you to move you don't move and we uproot ourselves and go to wherever we are I feel the Holy Ghost uh, 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 we get ourselves up and we move to another place uh, thinking that we're going to grow there uh, and then not knowing that the same problem uh, is following you there because as you listen I served eight years in the Marine Corps I am not scared. I'm going to tell you like it is if you like it or not Because this is what I'm supposed to do. People leave offended. And they get mad. Because they didn't go their way. Well, baby, it's Jesus' way or the highway. When did you become in charge of anything? But we leave offended. And we move from church to church thinking that the problem is going to resolve when it's not it's going to get worse because you're carrying now into another place and now you're affecting that congregation with your nonsense yes I'm packing just in case you were asking I'm really not I'm saying this for a reason I'm saying this listen I'm saying this I've been in ministry a long time I've I've been in my church 21 years before that I mean I grew up I'm a pastor's kid i pastor kid. My father pastored a church, a Spanish church in Kansas City. I mean, I've seen it. I've seen it. Listen, I've heard every excuse there is. Wow. <coughs> I've seen people leave my mom and my dad. I've seen people leave my pastors yes. out of an offense, dumb, something dumb. I don't know what. I don't know what she got offended for. She's doing good. We just had Thanksgiving dinner. She's good. She's going to church. Everything's fine. But if God called you, stay. Wherever God has planted you, that's where you're supposed to flourish at. So now let me go back to the first part. Because this is where the rubber meets the road. Because you're not promised tomorrow. Listen to me, listen to me. The book of Revelation chapter 21 verse number 8. You can read it later. Write it down. Read, read it later. It gives you a list of people that will not make heaven their home. Revelations 21, verse number 8. It gives you a list of people that will not make heaven the home. The very last one on there. Watch this. Is it there? The very last one on there. And all liars shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. That's the very last one on there. Is all liars. Watch this. Because we can sit in a room like this and think that because we go to church... We're Christians, or we're saved. Just like you going to Whataburger ain't gonna make you a burger. All right, let me break it down to you. You Some of you guys just just because you stand in your garage doesn't make you a car. Going to church don't make you saved. It's about a relationship with Jesus Christ. Listen to me. It's about a relationship with Jesus christ you can go to church sunday wednesday revivals conferences meetings. i mean you go to every day you know that the scariest scripture in the bible when jesus said depart from me for the, i never knew you you work of iniquity but you go to church sunday after sunday and you call and you cry out in the name of jesus you know oh, jesus, oh, jesus but then you leave here and there's no change in you i mean you live in two sides of the world So here's my question to you as, as I get ready to... Oh, we got plenty of time. Here's my question to you. Listen to me. If you was to die right now, right now, would you make heaven your home? Listen to me. Your thoughts today, just today. Your actions. Come on, on the fight, on the way home, on the way to church today. Come on. That pen that you took from your job, That you know, that's stealing. Because it's not yours. It belongs to the company you work for. I know, and they're like oh man really dang it I'm just telling it like it is watch this <clears throat> somebody told me why are you trying to scare people with that I told him straight up I said listen the Bible says don't fear him that can kill the body but fear him that can kill the body but also send your soul into everlasting damnation that's whom you should fear why are you pressure folk You weren't upset when you were pressured to lose your virginity. You weren't upset when you were pressured to smoke that first joint, to drink that first beer, to skip school. So why did you get offended when a man of God pressures you into doing what is right? It is quiet in this Presbyterian church tonight. so here's my question to you listen to me because I've given you plenty of time to think about it if you was to die right now would you make heaven your home would you make heaven your home the Bible says it is appointed for every man to die once and then the judgment. you're going to stand in front of a living God you give an account for your life he's not going to ask you what church did you go to he's not going to ask you were you on the worship team he's not going to ask you were you a deacon were you on the motherboard I mean were you a preacher were you this were you that he's going to ask you one thing what did you do with my son Jesus did you receive him or did you reject him so here's my question. Again, if you were to die right now, would you make heaven your home? If you don't know, listen, if you don't know, I'd love to pray for you. Would you lift up your hand, put it right back down. I'll see it and God will see it. Anybody at all? Anybody at all? Hey Amen. I see that hand back there. God bless you. Remember the very last scripture that I gave you, Revelation 21.8? The one that said, and all liars shall find their place in the fire which burns with brim- the fire and brimstone. You know what happens? Because pride doesn't allow us to get up out of our seats because we're worried about what somebody else is going to say we're worried about man but I'm on the worship team yeah there's going to be a lot of worshipers that are going to be there and Jesus is going to say depart from me for I never knew you there's going to be some preachers that are going to stand up there and say did we not cast out devils in your name come on did we not prophesy in your name did we not heal the sick in your name depart from me for therefore I never knew you so I'm giving you this opportunity amen. if that's you just lift your hand put it right back down I'll see it God will see it anybody else Anybody else? Anybody else? I don't know a lot of people in here, so it's not like, hey, I'm getting brownie points for this. Anybody? Can I pray for you? My honest heart. Come on. Let me pray for you. Jesus. Hallelujah. I'm going to say this. God bless you, sir. I'm going to say this. Listen. Listen. If the trumpet sounded right now we all got raptured up I pray to God that I don't look down and see still people sitting in their pews and in their chairs right now because you were too prideful to get out of your seat because you were worried about what this person or that person was going to say like I said I don't know your walk I'm not your pastor I'm just speaking to you what God has placed in my heart to do and this is the way that I do it amen sir pray come on you're going to say this prayer after me amen at church if we could just repeat it with him that way he's not saying it alone say Jesus I'm a sinner in search of a savior I believe that you died and rose again for my sins forgive me of my sins come into my heart remove anything and everything that does not belong I want to live the rest of my life according to your word to do what you've called me to do and to be who you called me to be. I receive you as Lord and Savior. Receive me as Son. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, church. The Bible says all heaven rejoices. Thank you, Lord. Come on, can we all stand to our feet? Can we all stand to our feet? Hallelujah. <coughs> Hallelujah. Come on, can we just lift our hands right where we're at? Thank you, Jesus. Come on, get it in you. Listen, I can't be stopped. I can't be stopped. I can't be stopped. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. you two right here in the front row, can I pray for you guys? Come here. Can I pray for you guys? Come Come here. Come here. Come here. Oh, yeah. There's a heaviness. And the weight that has been on you this last season, it has nothing to do with your kids being away in boot camp. It's been a heaviness on you. And it's been a fight. <clears throat> Voices have tried to get into your ears. Voices have tried to speak. Speak. Contrary, but I hear the spirit of the Lord say I'm getting ready to shut the mouth of the accuser getting ready to shut the mouth of the adversary that is trying to bring confusion to your heads and to your minds I really feel because you guys have stood hasn't been easy but because you guys have stood God is getting ready to pour his very best upon you the season of lack that has tried to come upon you guys God says tonight I'm blowing it away even the discouragement that you have felt This last season, the discouragement that you have felt is being lifted off right now. Rebecca Tamaso. Ah. Yes. Set her free. Set her free. Set her free.